Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be. I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here. Stay up in here. Stay up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleek walking, scoring The less Rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was written by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on TV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me. Not before I had to get balls right, rehearsing. Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working. And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person. Was rhyming like it was a wake up show. Homie tough, I got raps for days. Gotta say something for Tony Touch. My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm busy traveling, making my rounds. I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, show already, yo. Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. Nothing depressing going on in my life. I'm Big Head Joe. Tears of a clown. <laughs> I'm Stephen Marshall. Uh, and uh, we've got a great show for you this week because we are only talking about Battle for Zendikar spoilers. Uh, after listening to last week's episode, Joey Pasco asked, you know, was like, hey, you know, I know you said you're going to talk about uh, spoilers next week, but could you find a way to talk about some modern? Because I'm really enjoying listening to all the modern talk, and I had to veto Joey Pasco and say, no, sir, no. We are only talking about Battle for Zendikar spoilers. Because if we wind up talking about modern, because we did play some modern, we probably have some stuff to say about modern. If we mm-hmm. talk about modern on this doing show... It. We're going to have a five-hour spoiler episode in two weeks, and nobody deserves that. So, spoilers only this week. Grand Prix Oklahoma City this weekend, which we're both playing in, which is modern, and we'll have a lot to say about modern the following show. But for now, we're just getting into these spoilers because we haven't talked about them yet, except with the few exceptions. Last week at the end of the show, Manlands – or not Manlands – the Fetchlands, Full Art Basics, Ulamog, all on last week's show. So if you want to know what we think about those, go back and listen. Uh, so anyway, I just want to get right into the first card here because it actually ties in with the last card we talked about last week. So um, Oblivion Sower. I want to read this card. And this is interesting because when this was the first card that was spoiled from this set. As the mythic rare uh, foil, you know, front card on the dual deck Zendikar versus Eldrazi, right? So when we saw this card, we only had it in the context of itself. That was the only context we had for this card, right? Agreed? Yes. Thank you. Uh, So, Oblivion Sower. It's six colorless mana. It is a mythic rare. It is a creature Eldrazi, and it is a 5-8. And it says, 
When you cast Oblivion Sower, target opponent exiles the top four cards of his or her library. Then you may put any number of land cards that player owns from exile onto the battlefield under your control. So when we evaluated this card based on reading this card, I think that what we both thought was exile the top four cards of their library. And if you get a land, cool, you can put it into play under your control. That's not what this card says. This card says that after you've exiled the top four cards of that player's library, you may put any number of land cards that player owns from exile onto the battlefield under your control. So, um, and I know I wanted to talk about this in order, but I'm already screwing it up because I'm just going to skip real quick to Dominator Drone. Dominator Drone is a black and two. It is a three, two. It's a common. It's a creature, Eldrazi Drone. It has Devoid, which is a keyword from this set, meaning this card has no color. So despite having a black mana symbol in its casting cost, the card is colorless. Uh, the other keyword ability on this creature is Ingest. Whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player... That player exiles the top card of his or her library. Um, and then it also says when Dominator Drone enters the battlefield, if you control another colorless creature, each opponent loses two life. Uh, I really like this card um, in a slow, aggressive format. You know, like in a slow, aggressive deck. Because I feel like we are going to be playing in a pretty uh, slow format. Uh, I think that's kind of obvious with some of these cards, even though we haven't seen the full set. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like, you know, your aggro deck is going to be full of three drops and four drops. Um, and this is a pretty good one, especially if you were to start it off with uh, Forerunner of Slaughter. Now, I know I'm skipping around more. Read me Forerunner of Slaughter, because I know you wanted to talk about this card. Sure, it's uh, red and a black. It's got Devoid as well, so it's a gold card that is colorless. And... It has one, you pay one colorless, and it's as an activated ability. Target colorless creature gains haste until end of turn, and it's an Eldrazi drone. So it kind of just reminded me of... Also uh, a 3-2. I don't know if you mentioned the stat. Did I not mention that? Yeah, 3-2. It's just really, it has three power for potentially two converted mana cost, and three if you wanted to give it haste. Right. Now you could curve... Three into this, four into Dominator Drone with haste, and you've got a pretty sweet couple of turns. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of think that those two kind of play nice t- with each other. Um, the thing that it, I liked a lot about it is that I played a lot of Flint Hoof Bar uh, Boar whenever yes. it was in standard, yes. and I even played that in modern briefly. And yeah, three power creature for two mana and potentially three power, three haste if you have the mana for it is uh, no joke in an aggro deck. Yeah, not at all. Um, it seems really good. Uh, but what, and I think that like something like, you know, something, I don't know what the, the like what the decks are going to look like, what the archetypes are going to look like. If this is going to be a red, black deck, or if there's going to be three color decks, probably going to be two colors. I don't really know. Um, we haven't seen like any more fixing in terms of like color fixing yet, because it's still early in the spoiler. So we don't know what we'll be getting at, like, common or uncommon that would uh, enable more than two colors. Uh, so anyway, um, these two cards, Dominator Drone and Forerunner of Slaughter, play really nice together. 
Uh, but the ingestibility mm-hmm. is really nice with a card like Oblivion Sower. And most potently, Ulamog's ability plays sure. very nice with Oblivion Sower. So, you know, we are looking at a format that we've seen, like, less than a third of the cards for, or maybe a third of the cards for, right? So we don't really know what this format's going to look like, except that we know it's going to be big. Um, yeah, so if you ramp up to Ulamog, you can exile two of your opponent's lands, and then you can attack with them, and then that defending player has to exile the top 20 cards of his or her library. So let's say they exile 20 lands. So then you follow him up with your Oblivion Sower, and now, let's say that it exiles four lands. So now, whenever you just cast your Oblivion Sower, you get to put 26 lands that your opponent owns onto the battlefield and really untapped. ramp you up. Untapped. untapped. Now, this is the thing, though. I know you're like being really sarcastic here, but <laughs> the thing is, like, yeah, you've got a 10-10, okay? But it doesn't have Annihilator. It's not like these, these 10-10s are like, just going like, to get through. Like, you've got other 10-10s. You've got big things to stop it, right? Um, now, the Ulamog, it does say damage to a player, though, right? So that does affect this argument a little bit. But I'm not really... No, it's, it's when it attacks. It doesn't yeah, have to even get damage. As soon as it attacks, you get that trigger. Mm-hmm. So you follow that up with um, essentially a free... Um, Oblivion Sower, because you'll be able to get at least six lands onto the battlefield untapped, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got a free you've got a free five eight creature. Now you know, I, I, like I said, like this is all obviously, you know, this sounds ridiculous. This sounds like yeah, that's like never going to happen, and who cares if it does because you've won the game. But we don't know yet. We don't know how deep these games are going to go. We don't know how clogged these boards are going to get or what it's going to take to break through. We don't know that yet. So so we can't we can't say that having, you know, Oblivion Sower gets you eight lands isn't going to affect the game. Now, especially, bear in mind, when we have landfall triggers to deal with on the battlefield, you know, they could really get crazy. Um, now, the... The one card that I put um, on the list that I really liked from the different landfall, because landfall is back. Spoilers, that's what we're doing tonight. Um, the landfall card that I put on the list, I can't bloody find. There it is. Retreat to Emeria. Um, so Retreat to Emeria is a white and three, um, and it has landfall. Whenever a land, it's an enchantment, it's an uncommon. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, choose one, put a 1-1 white core ally creature token onto the battlefield, or creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. So you could (laughs) exile 20 cards, Mm -hmm. play um, play your Oblivion Sower, let's say eight of them are lands, get eight lands, your eight lands create eight... 1-1 creatures, and then you use the 8 lands to cast a Breaker of Armies. Breaker of Armies is an 8-mana 10-8 Eldrazi. It's an uncommon, 
and it says all creatures able to block Breaker of Armies do so. So the following turn, you've got a Breaker of Armies that's going to get blocked by everything, and then you've got 8-1-1s, a 5-8, and a 10-10 coming through for lethal. So that sounds like the turn before the end of a game in this format, but we don't know where it's going to, how it's going to get there. You know what I mean? Like we really don't know how the uh, how the games are going to play out uh, in the early game, leading up to something like that kind of crazy ass couple of turns that I just described. Um, but maybe I mean, hopefully, you know, just from talking about those couple of. Uh, random cards that I just, you know, skipped all over our list, and now I'm cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. Um, does does that like just d- describing that whole course of action? Does that really kind of open up like a scenario of what the limited might look like? Yeah, possibly. I, I do like how they, I guess, fixed Annihilator. So instead of representing the Eldrazi destroying the land by having you sacrifice a bunch of permanents and feel horrible and not want to play anymore, yeah. they're, they're annihilating your deck, which feels a lot less bad. Yeah, but then I also do think that like they're using uh, – there are interesting ways in which they're using that once those cards get exiled. It's not the last – most of the time cards get exiled in Magic, and that's the last you see of them in a game. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not the case with this set, which I think is really cool and uh, really unique in terms of, like, you know, a set-wide mechanic. It's not just like, oh, well, we put Rift Sweeper in there, so you get one back. Like, it's not like there's this one card that does something to the Exile cards. You know, like, there are actually abilities that can... Um, that can bring cards back from Exile to, uh, to activate an ability... Um, is there one that we can think of off the top of our heads? No, we should just move on. No, I can find it. <laughs> no, there really is, though. It's Blight Herder. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blight Herder. Do you want to read this one? Sure. It's uh, five colorless for a creature Eldrazi processor, and I believe the processor is like kind of a keyword in that it represents cards that do something by bringing your opponent's cards from exile and putting them back into their graveyard or something like that. That's really interesting. So it's a four five. And when you cast blight herder, you may put two cards, your opponent. Uh, uh, okay. Two cards, your opponent's own from exile into their owner's graveyards. If you do put three, one, one colorless Eldrazi scion creature tokens onto the battlefield, they have, Sacrifice this creature at one colorless mana to your mana pool. So these Eldrazi's are angry. They're not just the little spawns. They're swole. They've grown some teeth. They've grown some claws. And they're scratching at you, man. They'll be scratching at you a little bit. I think it's pretty cool. Some, um, some people like this card a lot. I'm not sure on it. Four, five for fives, okay. Um, I mean, that's unplayable and standard. But, but you know, seven power for five mana mm-hmm. across four bodies isn't bad. Yeah. It's, it's just, looking at cloud goat ranger in a way. Yes. If, if you got the trigger every single time, this would be great. But so you I might I, though. That's the thing is like, we, we don't know what this format's going to look like yet. You would assume if you're running blight herder, you're probably running things within jest. Mm-hmm. You're probably running something that's going to get you the trigger every time. 
Yeah. You're not going to just throw this in like in like Abzan mid-range as is. You know or, what I mean? I like, mean, we still have Delve in the format, so anyone that's casting like a Dig Through Time or Tassiger or anything like that would make this a lot easier to pull off. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on like to figure out how playable this card is actually going to be in standard, it, you're going to have to determine like what percentage is the likelihood that you're going to get that second part of the card. And if it's like 70% or higher, then this becomes pretty playable. If it's like 50-50, then I, I probably wouldn't sign up for it. So, but but this is but this is you know showing a little bit more of uh, what's going to happen to those cards that are in exile mm-hmm. that, are, that have been ingested, if you will. When we got the rest of the uh, lists for the dual decks, uh, we got several other cards uh, that kind of uh, hinted at the mechanics in this set. Um, we talked about two of them: Dominator Drone and Forerunner of Slaughter. Uh, one of them, Retreat to Kazandu, is too bad to uh, talk about more than just mentioning the name. Um, and now uh, it's fun to say though. It is a really cool. Uh, and actually, each one, so Retreat to Kazandu, Retreat to Emiria. So then, I guess the other ones would be uh, Retreat to Dwar Isle. Um, right? That, that seems about right for like the mm-hmm. blue one. Uh, we'll see. I don't feel like thinking of the other two. Uh, <laughs> uh, so sheer drop. Uh, Sheer Drop is a uh, sorcery speed removal spell for white. It's a white and two. It's a common. It says destroy target tapped creature. For white and two, at sorcery speed, this is a decent card for limited. And I'm not trying to suggest that it's a good card for constructed by adding this ability. But it does have Awaken 3. And Awaken 3 costs five and a white. And if you cast this card for five and a white, also put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control, and it becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. Uh, for those of you who don't understand the concept of animating your lands that entered the battlefield at least the turn prior to your current turn, um, kind of clean that up and solve that problem. Uh, so I thought that was pretty nice. Uh, now, this creates an interesting thing, because now you've got a removal spell that also adds a creature on your side of the board. Um, so that's it. I, I, I'm, I'm, now, this is something I'm not super jazzed about, this ability, the Awaken ability in general. Why is that? Because I am terrified of making my lands creatures, period. I am. I'm terrified of making my lands creatures because I don't want to make my lands creatures because I don't want my lands to be killed by creature removal spells. Lands right now, especially in this current, like, you know, past five years or whatever, lands are like the safest thing on your battlefield. They're virtually untouchable. There's so little that destroys lands in Magic right now that you hardly ever consider the fact that your lands might be destroyed uh, when you're constructing a deck or when you're thinking about what you're going to be doing in a game of Standard. Like, you don't think, well, man, maybe I shouldn't play these lands because what if they start destroying my lands? It never, ever happens. So... 
it, so when you making your lands creatures just opens up this like this thing that you just you know don't have to worry about any other time and you're just like oh god now my land's a creature all they have to do is kill it with a burn spell or something you know like and then you're down a land being down a land sucks which is why land destruction hasn't been as prominent I think you're going to be okay because so far, at least, all the awakened cards have really high costs. So, like, you're not going to cast this until turn six or seven, where lands are kind of superfluous. Maybe. Now they might. Now that doesn't mean they might not have really cheap awakened cards going forward. But at least so far, they kind of prevent some of that. Where, yeah, if this is like turn two or turn three, and you start turning your lands into creatures, and they get like bolted or whatever. That you're just in a horrible place, um, and I also like it just because of the like, just for flavor purposes because I think it's supposed to represent like the land like Zendikar like the land waking up and fighting back against Eldrazi or something like that and it's a pretty good way to do it. Yeah, but the, the thing is the reason why I say maybe about that is that maybe this is late game. Mm-hmm. How fast are we going to get to six mana in this format? You know, we don't actually know yet. Um, so there's still questions to be answered, you know? Um, there's a lot of, there, there seems to be at least a decent amount of ramp spells, mm-hmm. um, already spoiled and we'll get into those. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe you can get to six fast enough where your creatures might be vulnerable to some, your lands that are awakened, uh, might be vulnerable to some sort of removal because it hasn't all been wasted on other creatures yet. Uh, but we won't know until we get further into the spoiler. Um, the next card uh, that I want to talk about from the uh, dual deck is the Veteran War Leader. Uh, do you want to read this card for me? Sure. Veteran War Leader cost one colorless, a green and a white. He's in a star star, I guess. Uh, creature, human, soldier, ally. Veteran war leaders' power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control. Now, did you were you just doing like an alley G? Did you just do? Did you just go I? <laughs> what no. did you say? What do you mean? You said human soldier. I. Is oh that what God. You said? No. Or you just ally. Ally. It's an ally. Ally. It's an ally. Oh, I like. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> You can tap another untapped ally you control, and veteran war leader gains your choice of first strike, vigilance, or trample until end of turn. Maybe you play this in an ally deck. I don't know. Yeah, allies. Uh, now, okay, so this this is an ally, but its power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures mm-hmm. you control. I just noticed that it's not equal to allies. It's not all tribal, tribal, tribal. Um, so it's power toughness equal to the number of creatures you control, but then you can do things by tapping your allies. Um, so it's pretty neat. Um, I really was confused and, uh, a little disturbed by, um, all the talk of people saying that he can turn himself on, um, because it's not necessarily true. Um, on defense, I mean, he's... It says tap another. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Tap another ally you control. Um, Tap him to give himself vigilance. That'd be great. (laughs) Um, 
The allies are back. You know what I'm saying? So it's pretty cool. It's very nice. I did uh, call that. I want some. I want allies and I want vampires. Yeah. That's all I want from this set. Well, we might have the thing for you. Uh, actually, not for you at all, but there might be that creature type. <laughs> um, it, it might exist. You're not going to be happy with it. But, oh, I saw. I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they'll be filled in by some lower curve things that'll be very sexy and that you'll enjoy. Um, but uh, here's a card that I wanted to talk about. Uh, because it has a specific kind of landfall. Uh, this card is Guardian of Tazim. Guardian of Tazim is most likely a crappy intro deck rare. It is a 4-5 for 2 blue and 3. It's a creature sphinx. It's a rare. It has flying, and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. If that land was an island, or is an island, that creature doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So, we have a landfall ability where the specific basic land type matters. And something I just realized is that the new duels in this set will turn these on as well. Mm. Because it doesn't say basic island. Nope. So, as long as it is an island... Uh, then that creature doesn't untap during the controller's next untap step, which we are actually living in a in a world once again of uh, multiple basic land types on our lands. So that's cool, and uh, so that could be something uh, to consider. Now, I don't think this card is amazing. Um, I think that this card, in conjunction with Oblivion Sower's ability, is amazing. <laughs> 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 but uh, especially if you're ready to, to swing with your team, uh, I think that could be pretty cool. But I don't know exactly how good this card is. I think Limited Bomb, maybe. Uh, not necessarily fantastic for Constructed, but we don't know what Constructed's going to look like. Um, you're, you're, you're an ally guy. Go ahead and read me uh, Hero of Gomafada. <laughs> uh, Hero of Gomafada cost four and a white. He's a creature, human, knight, ally. <laughs> and he has a keyword, which is rally. And it says, whenever Hero of Gomafada or another ally enters the battlefield under your control, creatures you control gain indestructible until end of turn. So I'm guessing rally, and he's a 4-3. I should mention mm-hmm. that. I'm guessing rally... Or, God, now I'm just doing it with any any word with that that in it. Rally, uh, rally is just whenever an I guess it's whenever an ally enters the battlefield under your control, creatures get a certain effect. I don't know if it's specifically for allies or not, but yeah, that's not exactly clear from the card. It probably is a, an ally specific ability. Okay. Because I think that the only rally cards are ally related. Yeah, so far. Gonna have a rally in the alley. Knife fight. It's like a bat fight, but with knives. The rules are way different. Um, so uh, I just wanted to skip ahead real quick because I really love Defiant Bloodlord. Um, 
I think this card's really good. I think that so it's a uh, it's two black and five. It's a rare. It's a four five flying vampire. So there's your creature type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and whenever you gain life, target opponent loses that much life. I think that is fantastic. I think that's really 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 cool. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's it's seven mana. So I mean, that's a lot. But like, you know. The, the fact that, like, you can trigger life gain and then your opponent will lose life. Like, it seems like you could set up something where um, you could, you know, just really, you know, take it to your opponent and make them uh, make them die really fast. You know what I mean? And while gaining life yourself to stay out of range of their lethal swing. I guess if you cast Beacon of Immortality... Is that on, in this set? ...on yourself... And you're at full life, then your opponent just dies. So it's like a two card combo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That'd be cool. What do you think of this card? Uh, I think it's unplayable in every sense of the word. Really? Cost seven. What? No, but I mean, like, but yeah, but it costs seven. But I mean, we're in a format that's got, you know, a lot of big casting cost thing so you can get to seven pretty easily i don't think it's going to be a trouble i don't think it's going to be trouble uh, getting to seven you know i think you're going to cast this and your opponent casts an atarka and you just feel like an idiot what no way dude no this is i mean i think this is pretty good because i'm trying to think what, what cards would actually be really great with this whenever you gain life so like feed the clans you know <laughs> like you could use feed the clans with this I guess if you have cards left in your hand after you cast your seven drop. But yeah, but I mean, like, but what? You don't think this is good? No, I know it's a vampire. <sighs> but 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 I, I like the the act. You don't like vampires. my idea? No. 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 Come on, man. I actually Listen. hate it. <sighs> really? Listen, man. If you keep crapping on my ideas, I'm gonna go Mafada. Hmm. That's All this setup. time. Yeah, I know. I, so much. I was waiting for you to crap on me for this card harder. It's a terrible card. Okay, I was just trying to be nice. I'm like, man. <laughs> You're trying to be... Why are you trying to be nice to me? I don't know. Maybe Have you, you met maybe me? Maybe you had a stroke on air. I don't know. I'm trying to... <laughs> I just wanted to do the Gomafada joke. Man, okay. I liked anyway. mine earlier. That was a better joke. <sighs> what? I'm not doing it. With the rally? <laughs> No, the the hello goma hello fada. No, okay, never mind. Hello goma. Yeah. Hello fada. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> Stop it. It's funnier than Tango Lands, but anyway, um, a lot of things are. Yeah, I'm still gonna I'm still gonna use it because it makes people mad. There's like a pushback against it, and I think it's really funny. I want to push back against the pushback. Um. So, it's a G-rated podcast, dude. No, this isn't about the pooping back and forth forever. This is something totally different. Okay, good. Okay, so um, uh, Hedron Archive. Uh, this is our first uh, ramp spell, right? So um, ramp, uh, Hedron Archive is four colorless. It's an artifact. It's an uncommon. Uh, tap it to add two to your mana pool. Uh, tap two, tap, sacrifice it to draw two cards. Um, so this is like a like what a double mind stone, isn't that like essentially, yeah, yeah. So it's basically like two mind stones tacked onto one card. 
Um, but this also kind of gives you the idea of like, you know, the sort of ramp we're going to have. I mean, this is like turn four. I don't know what we'll have early, early game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if what we're going to have, um, what our ramps, I don't know what our ramp spells are going to be, what our early game ramp is going to be. Because obviously if we're playing ramp decks, we're probably going to want to ramp, right? That makes sense, right? I actually think this is going to be playable in a, yeah, in, in a standard ramp deck. I mean, H- highly, highly playable. I think this is highly playable. Because pe- people are playing Frontier Siege in their ramp decks, at least initially. Uh-huh. And this just provides, because that's just like, you you don't want to run out of gas in a ramp deck. But the problem is you have to put land, mana dorks, and ramp cards, and then stuff that pays you off. But you can flood out really easily. And this is kind of like flood insurance that also helps you uh, complete your ramp plan as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I like this a lot. I think this is good. Mindstone's great. Double Mindstone in big format is great. I think that's simple math. Um, so good card. Uh, now, Rolling Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling Thunder is. Uh, why don't you read this? Because you were kind of surprised about this card at first. Sure. Rolling Thunder cost X red red. It's a sorcery, and Rolling Thunder deals X damage. Divide as you choose among any number of target creatures and or players, and it's an uncommon, which was surprising to me. Yes. So why was that surprising to you? It just seems like a really great card. Um, I would have, I wouldn't, I wouldn't find it like unusual for this to be a rare. Um, Just the fact that it can go to the face or go to a creature or grow to several creatures. Although as I was looking through this set, most of the creatures aren't, like very small where this card would be really good. So if you had a whole bunch of X ones, this card would be just unstoppable, but there's not that. So I still think it's really good for an uncommon. Yeah, no, it's a good uncommon. It's a quality uncommon, but it's not on the power level that it would have been in like, you know, like cons limited or something, you know, like it's just, there's not as like, much that it's going to kill like multiple things in one swoop uh, although you know if the creatures are getting bigger and the ramp is getting bigger maybe this gets bigger too I mean it is an X spell mm-hmm. you know an X spell does scale with the amount of lands you have in play and the amount of mana you can produce so if we're producing 10 mana to make big creatures we're probably producing 12 mana to cast this for 10 you know so so maybe it maybe it is really good who knows but not as good as it would be in a more aggressive format which this most certainly is not yeah this would be unbelievable in magic origins yes (laughs) yes uh this would be ridiculously good in magic origins um but not necessarily here and again too early to tell if there is an aggro deck, this stops it. So we've got a mythic rare here. Um, you're you're a commander player. Why don't you read it? Thanks. Uh, Omnath, comma, Locus of Rage. Three, red, red, green, green, legendary creature, elemental. He's a 5-5, five, five, and he has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you put a 5-5 five, five, red and green elemental creature token Onto the battlefield, and whenever Omnath, Locus of Rage, or another elemental creature 
Or I guess another elemental you control dies. So if there's some weird elemental tribal enchantment, you're good there. Actually, no, it wouldn't die. Okay. Anyway, Omnath deals three damage to target creature or player. And uh, I guess, if importantly for limited, um, the cards with Awaken make yes. your lands elementals. Yes, true. So there you go. You don't have to feel too bad when your land dies. That's true. That is one way to make that uh, not hurt as much. Uh, but this card is... It seems like a lot to cast. It seems like a lot to get out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, once you start hitting those landfalls, it's probably going to be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm just looking at everything from a aggro's player perspective, and I'm just like, okay, good luck with that. Good luck with getting your land drops after you hit seven mana. <laughs> right, right. Um, but... You got Oblivion Sower on turn six. Uh, well, there, yeah, that's true, yeah. You follow this up with an Oblivion Sower, all of a sudden you got a field full of five fives. There is going to be, if the games are allowed to go as late as some of these cards suggest they'll be allowed to go, we're going to have some of the craziest games of Magic that we've ever had. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, we'll have... One turn of such immense win more, you've never had more win more than you've ever had. I mean, like that's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that seems about right. Because I mean, but 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 maybe win more is like just win enough in this format, though. I I still don't think it's going to be enough. You don't think win more will be enough? No. <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, Omnath's cool. I, it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's a mythic rare, and I'm thinking of most of this stuff in limited terms. You're, you're probably not going to see it in limited, but if you do, it's a major bomb. Really good. Maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know where it. I mean, yeah. Again, we're it's so early. We can't talk about constructed. Limited. I don't think. Just saying, we can't talk about constructed yet. Oh, we can totally talk about constructed. Okay, well, we'll, we'll do that in a little bit. We'll right. do that in a little bit. Um, Kozlik's Channeler is our next uh, ramp spell. Mm-hmm. Kozlik's Channeler is a uh, five mana four four. It's a creature Eldrazi. It's a common, and it has tap add two to your mana pool. Now, Stephen, you. Uh, was this the one you wanted to read the flavor text on? Yeah. So, <laughs> sure. Oh, great. I have to do this. Uh, in the dark places of our world, something horrible is growing. I fear our foes may be more numerous than we had imagined. Nissa Ravine. A Ravine? Is it Ravine? Ravine. I've, I've been saying Ravine this whole time. Wow. Raging Ravine. And Crabapple. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... I think in the story, in the original Zendikar or Rise of the Eldrazi, Ulamog, not Ulamog, the other two, Kozilek and Imrakul are like locked down or something. So this card references Kozilek and then the flavor text notes that the foes may be more numerous than we had imagined because ostensibly in this set, it's it's uh, it's just... Um, Ulamog and Kozilek and, and uh, Emrakul aren't in the set. 
but they mentioned Kozilek in this card, and then they're like, oh yeah, there might be more. So we, we might see a return of Kozilek and Emrakul in the next set. That's all. Fun times. That Flavor would be text. fun. Yeah. Uh, this is a very rock-solid uh, ramp spell. It is a common. You'll see these in your sealed pools um, a little more frequently than Hedron Archive. Uh, just a really... I mean, if, you know, we've already had this uh, with Conclave Naturalists mm-hmm. in Origins, where a 4-4 four, four for 5 is already pretty sweet, you know? And then it does something else, and it's like, all right, yeah, you know, like, that's pretty good. Uh, you know, being able to ramp into your 8-drop on turn 6 seems really good. And your 8-drop probably should be Eldrazi Devastator. Now, man, because you already talked about before we started recording how much you liked this card. This is also a common this yeah. set is nuts. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I just assumed in my brain that this card would be an uncommon. You know, it's not good enough to be a rare uh, in this set, but it's I felt like it would be an uncommon at least. So Eldrazi Devastator is an 8-mana Eldrazi. It's a common. It's trample. And it's an 8-9. Holy crap. Like, now... now the trample is what you love the most about this card, right? Yeah, just because, I mean, that's if you don't have Annihilator on these things, that's kind of like the the I guess the way you cope with these things is you you just chump block it, right? Yeah. So uh, the, I just thought that was kind of crazy. This is the an eight mana common, an eight nine trampler, whereas you had the Breaker of Armies, which is an uncommon, and it's a ten eight without trample, but it has you know all creatures able to block it do so. Right, but it's, I mean, that's actually, I think, an even bigger ability in this format than this having trampled. Yeah, it's another way to get around the issue of trump locking, I guess. Although, someone could just see that coming because, it, you know, it doesn't have haste or anything, so they just swing with everything. Right, right, right. And just leave one back to trump lock. That's true, too. But I'm saying if the, if the opponent has, you know, a crazy board position... Yeah, then you yeah. drop that ten eight, and then it's just like you know, if you've also got the Eldrazi Devastator and the Channeler, you know, like you, you then they have to block the ten eight, and you get through for twelve. Um, so swinging with everything, even if it's you know, even if it's like, what else can I do? You know, still might not be the best option mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to block and kill the ten eight, so it doesn't happen again. Are they going to st- – are they changing the ru- – so we've got the scry rule, right? So, like, you mulligan – starting with Battle for Zendikar uh, pre-releases, uh, when you mulligan, you'll have the opportunity to scry one uh, before you uh, – before the game starts. Are we also going up to 50 life to start mm. the game? I think it's just 40. Yeah. <laughs> this is just insane. I feel like – I feel like – as a limit, I feel like the c- commander players when they brought infect back. <laughs> like what? You mean I only have to take ten infect damage? <laughs> like what the hell, man? <laughs> like <laughs> it's like how can my life total only be twenty and you print all these friggin' creatures? What are you trying to do to us? Trying to kill us, man? 
let's move on. Do you want to read uh, Mist Intruder? It's a very uh, unimpressive card after the last two I got to read. But go ahead and read it. Sure. Uh, the one thing I'm actually trying to keep in mind is I'm not seeing a ton of flyers in this set. Okay. So that, yeah. that might be an interesting, like, in terms of, like, limited strategy. Yeah. Um, if you get a critical mass of those, that could be a, a thing to try to exploit. Uh, Mist Intruder is one in a blue, one, two, Devoid. You could exploit this, actually. You could. You could sack, yeah. I mean, you could exploit any creature. Right. Um, yeah, one in a blue for a one, two flyer. But why would you want to exploit it if you're trying to maximize the number of flyers? Because then you're down. Then you're down a flyer. Um. Yeah. I mean, you're you're using it for your own purposes, and it's not getting the compensation it's due. So you're exploiting it in yeah. a way. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Anyway, it's a <laughs> it's a one and two creature Eldrazi drone. It's got devoid, meaning that even though you paid a blue for it, it's colorless. And it has flying and ingest. So whenever it deals damage to a player, that player exiles the top card of his or her library. Yeah. It's a cog. It's a cog in the limited wheel. Yeah, I mean, it's in, it's interesting because you feel like looking at this card just on its own. Like we just had um, whatever the, 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 the imp, the fetid imp in, in, um, in Origins Limited. And it's like, well, what is this doing that Fetidimp didn't? Like, Fetidimp was so much better than this, you know? Like, you look at this card and you go, so what? It's doing this, blah, 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 crap, you know, it ingests. So what? What difference does this make? But it really feels like a lot of, like, your early creatures are uh, are setting up for, like, these huge end turn, like, end game plans. So you got these little dinky things like Mist Intruder. They're going to get in. You're going to ingest. You're going to ingest. And then you're able to, you know, you ingest a couple times and you get the processor. Processor's going to get you some some Scions. Scions are going to sacrifice to play a giant Eldrazi. You know, and it, it just seems like there's all kinds of, like, s- there's steps. But they're all heading in a real solid direction um, towards, like, a massive end game. Like, uh, what was it that, um, not phases, like, uh, who was it that broke, I think it was, I want to say it was Mike Flores, or was it Patrick Chapin, I don't want to credit the wrong guy. One of those two brilliant men, um, said that, uh, you know, the game is, like, broken down into stages, where stage one you're just trying to, like, you know, make sure you have enough lands and spells to function. Mm-hmm. Uh, stage two, you're um, you're trying to, uh, you know, you're starting to get your uh, your plan rolling. You've got, you know, you're starting to, to play, you know, remove creatures that they've got. You're starting to stick your threats. And then stage three is where you're, you know, top of your curve, you're winning the game. It almost feels like this set is going to add Stage four, (laughs) (laughs) where it's like, all right, you've hit the top of the curve in like a normal game of magic. And now it's time to do the nutty stuff. (laughs) It's just kind of what it feels like looking at some of this crap. Um, So Mist Intruder is very much a stage one kind of card, but it's still cool. It's, It's cool. 
the ability is minor, but I feel like you know it's going to serve a purpose more so than it looks like in a vacuum. You know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, since I made you read that crappy card, go ahead and read Barrage Tyrant too. Give you a sweet one. Sure. It's a uh, four and a red for a five three creature Eldrazi. It's got Devoid. And has an activated ability, two and a red, sacrifice another colorless creature, barrage tyrant deals damage equal to the sacrifice creature's power to target creature or player, and the flavor text is terrible fury, excellent aim. What do you think? Uh, I guess sack your, was it devastator of armies or whatever? Any, any of these damn huge Eldrazis. Breaker of armies, deal 10. That's and it's player too. I didn't even like. Yeah. I mean, I I, I didn't. I I forgot what this card did. I I, I read it when it was spoiled, but I kind of just forgot until you reread it. Holy crap! That card's allowed to be in the set. <laughs> That's amazing. That seems good. I mean, it has the you know the stipulation that it has to be a colorless creature, mm-hmm. and you can't sacrifice it to itself. Yeah. But with that said. Dude, we've got a lot of colorless giant creatures in this set. Yeah, it seems good. This is a freaking bomb. This is good. This is good. This is something I would draft, like, in a heartbeat. Awesome card. Absolutely love it. I mean, that's nuts! I think you must have turned into, like, a commander player somewhere, like, before the cast started. What are you talking about? (laughs) You're just so amped about these, like... These cards are this format. Like, <laughs> these are the format. We gotta get amped about five and six drops now. It's time. We've moved on. It's time to get amped about huge casting cost Eldrazi because this is the format. This is what we're playing. You know? I'll get amped once I see the full spoiler and have an idea of what the format's gonna look like. Uh, from a limited perspective, at least. Yeah, but I think from a limited perspective. You're ramping into a bunch of giant things, mm-hmm. or else your sealed pool wouldn't be full of common giant things. Yeah, if they haven't messed this up, that's what it should look like. And so yeah. far, it does. It does. It There's, really does. <laughs> I'm not seeing any amazing two drops to like spoil this party so far. <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, they might be coming, but there might not be enough of them to really spoil it. So, okay, so I'm going to read the next one. I'm going to read Incubator Drone. Um, Incubator Drone is a 2-3 for 3 and a blue. It's a creature Eldrazi drone. It is a common. It has Devoid. And when it enters the battlefield, put a 1-1 colorless Eldrazi Scion creature token on the battlefield. It has Sacrifice this creature. Add one to your mana pool. I mean, this is very simple. This is, base, this is like, I think, the, the baseline, basic Eldrazi drone. You know? Um... Makes makes a scion. It's just three four for three, basic or three four for four. It's not amazing, um, but it takes you from four to six. You know, um, I don't think this one sees play, but uh, in uh, in limited, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In limited, probably sees play. Um, but it feels like, of like all the Eldrazi cards we've read, it, it feels like the weakest one we've read. I mean, it's just a common. It's filler. Yeah, yeah but, you know, so is Eldrazi Devastator and Kozilex Channeler. Mm-hmm. They're not filler at all. Um, 
uh, I'm going to go ahead and read Radiant Flames, because uh, this has a new uh, keyword ability. Uh, Radiant Flames is a red N2. It's a sorcery. It's a rare. And it has Converge. Radiant Flames deals X damage to each creature where X is the number of colors of mana spent to cast Radiant Flames. This is... What was, what was the keyword ability in Invasion Block that I just can't remember? Sunburst? Well, well there's Sunburst, um, where you would get counters equal to the number of different colors of mana you spent. But then there was like like Tribal Flames. Oh, Domain. Domain. Yeah. Domain. This reminds me a lot of Domain. Um, the, the weird thing is about this card is that it, it doesn't really need a keyword. Like, I'm sure there's yeah. other cards like that take yeah, advantage of it. that's weird. But the whole rules text, like, you didn't need, like, it, it reads exactly the same without Converge. Right. But, yeah, I mean, this is a great card. Um, you can, I mean, it, it'll probably just end up being, like, a slightly more expensive Pyroclasm, but that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, but I think that, like, one thing that's definitely true about these converge spells is that you don't want to cast them for the lowest common denominator because they just won't get as much value out of it. So uh, that was a reference to the band converge. Mm. Uh, so uh, um, moving on ruinous path. This is a card people are pretty hyped about. Why don't you read it? Sure. Ruinous path is one black, black. It's a sorcery, not instant. And, it says destroy target creature or planeswalker, and it has awakened four, but the awakened cost is five black black, so seven. Yeah. Which I mean, that's a great you know if if you just happen to top deck this on turn eight or nine, more power to you. Four more Wait. power to you actually, but we know whatever. Four more power to you. Uh, this I mean this is uh the new hero's downfall. It's sorcery speed. Get used to it. You know, um, fine card going to see tons of play, having that seven mana is icing on the cake, you know, mm-hmm. uh, great card. I, not much else to say about it, right? Great. Let's move on to Titan's presence. Do you want to read it? Sure. It's uh, three colorless instant. Oh, there's an, there's a removal spell right there. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. As an additional cost to cast Titan's Presence, reveal a colorless creature card from your hand. And uh, it says exile target creature if its power is less than or equal to the revealed card's power. They might as well just make this like a Eldrazi tribal instant. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that also works with an artifact creature. That's true. So, you know, so you could have an artifact. You could have your ram roller in your hand in standard and you could... Um, uh, be playing Titan's Presence Ram Roller Aggro. I'm just kidding. I mean, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw this card, so... Yeah, Ram Roller. Yeah, totally. Um, this is... I think this is a really great spell. Um, the, the, the whole the whole stipulation of needing to have a colorless creature card in your hand seems like, oh, yeah, that's never gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like, but... Uh, yeah, in this format, probably is. Especially for three mana... Like, this is actually, this is early game removal, too. So, like, even if there is an aggro deck, 
<laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And they play their three drop that's super aggressive. You just kind of go instant speed, Titan's presence, yeah, it's gone. It's like, okay, now I'm going to play my 8-9, and you're going to die. Yeah, it just seems really good. Power has to be less than or equal to the revealed card's power. But other than that, takes care of any creature, and especially, most relevantly, takes care of indestructible creatures, of which, so far, I think we've only seen one. But still takes care of it yeah i mean it's it's just a great utility spell for a really big eldrazi deck although i guess we'd have to see what the rest of that deck looks like get in get in uh yeah i mean like if you used the uh the titan's presence you could definitely get in for some damage mm, you'd, you'd be getting in for some a lot of damage yeah you definitely get in get be getting in for a lot of damage this is awful tonight man it's bad we're bringing our D game. Mm. <laughs> I gotta say, I kind of feel ripped off by this Gideon. Really? Uh, just the art. It looks exactly like um, Kith- the Kithion flip card. Really? Yeah, if you look at like the Gideon side of it, it's very similar. Huh, weird. Not, not super relevant, but... Well, you know, Gideon is the same character in both cards. Yeah, I'm just saying this this Gideon guy looks a lot like Gideon. It's not like like Clerks and Mall Rats where Willem is played by uh one actor in the first in in Clerks and then it's played by a totally different looking actor in Mall Rats, you know? Um it's a different thing. I'm trying to remember the name of the actor that played Willem in Clerks. Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier played Willem in Clerks, and Ethan Supley played Willem in Mallrats. Two totally different looking people playing the same character. Gideon is played by Gideon because Gideon is a real person. Mm. Are you sure he's not a cartoon character? Nope. Because those things tend to wear the same clothes all the time, and so is Gideon. Well, that that is true. But uh, but Gideon is just uh, he's a crust punk. Uh, it's in his it's in his uh, his bio on his Instagram. I don't know if you've uh, looked at it, but uh, he's definitely a crust punk. So he doesn't have a lot of clothes. You know, he kind of just lives by the uh, by like, you know picks lives by the seat of his pants, picks himself up by his bootstraps, and uh, <laughs> trying to think of other cliched phrases. <laughs> Uh, Gideon is definitely the 99%. And um, I, I'll go ahead and read this. Uh, this yeah, we've trolled enough. <laughs> so, uh, Gideon, I of Zandikar. Uh, it is uh, two white white for four loyalty. It's a planeswalker Gideon. It's a mythic rare. Uh, it has plus one until end of turn. Gideon, I like, of Zendikar, becomes a 5-5 human soldier ally creature with indestructible that's still a planeswalker and an enchantment on weekends. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to him this turn. Uh, zero to put a 2-2 white knight ally 
creature token onto the battlefield. And then it has minus four. You get an emblem with creatures you control get plus one, plus one. Now, I think this card is so sweet because two reasons. First of all, it's a four mana planeswalker, which is pretty sweet, right? Mm -hmm. Like that. Um, four mana planeswalkers are typically the best ones uh, because they're aggressively costed and planeswalkers are good. Um, the zero ability makes an ally, which outside of its tribal implications serves to protect your newly cast planeswalker from certain doom. Uh, so I like that. Planeswalkers that protect themselves are very good. Planeswalkers that protect themselves at cost four are very, very good. Um, the other thing I really like about this card is that you can, if you need to, you can just play this card as a as an, a permanent enchantment spell. So you can just play them, minus four, create the emblem, throw them in your graveyard, get on with your life. And then creatures you control get plus one, plus one for the rest of the game, regardless of where your Gideon is located. I love that. Like, there is a lot of versatility to this card. Um, there's a lot that you can get from this card just by casting it, you know? Um, like, you can cast it and get a 2-2. Two -two. That's cool. That's fine. A four mana 2-2 two -two sucks. But if it keeps your Gideon alive for another turn, you have a 5-5, five five, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's really good. 5-5 five five for 4 in Magic the Gathering history. Very, very good, right? Um, permanent Glorious Anthem. Very, very good. Playable. So I think, yeah, I mean, 4 mana Glorious Anthem, I'd say, is playable. You know what I mean? Like, like not not the best thing in the world, but Glorious Anthem has the you know downside of being able to be targeted, destroyed, stolen in some cases, bounced, etc. Where this emblem is just there. You pay for mana, your spell resolves, you get your creatures having plus one plus one for the rest of the game, no matter what. And that's cool. That's really cool. Um, we've seen things, uh, that create tokens, uh, and, you know, if there's a token deck, you know, or, I mean, sh man, like, your, your, uh, Eldrazi Scions become 2-2s two for the rest of the game. Yeah. You know, and those are tokens, and that seems like a good way to go, to go wide, um, in this format is with tokens because you've got a couple things that make tokens. Uh, my favorite of which I'm just going to skip ahead and read real quick uh, is Retreat to Emeria. Did I, I already read it? You already read it. Fantastic. But it's one of my favorites because you've got the landfall ability. It creates allies. It's also making allies. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you've got this thing that every time you play a land, you get a creature or you can pump your team. This combined with the Gideon and your four drop slot is just clogged, but I don't think that matters in this format because I think that four drops are going to be like the low end of your curve. <laughs> not in an ally deck. No, not in an ally deck. You're right. Um, 
but I, I like this card a lot. So you okay? Other than the artwork, though, do you feel cheated by this card's abilities? No, it's fantastic. It's the best card spoiled so far. Easy. Really? Oh yeah. Best card so far out of all of them. No question. I think. Huh. Interesting. I mean. I'm not sure I'd go that far with it, but it's really, really good. I mean, he starts at four loyalty, and he zeroes to make a 2-2. It doesn't have haste, so if you compare it to, like, Xenagos, it Xenagos starts at three, and it zeroes to make a 2-2 with haste, but this is uh, it, it, four loyalty, zeroes to make a 2-2 that has a very relevant um, creature type, ally, mm-hmm. just because there's presumably going to be a lot of uh, creatures where allies entering the battlefield creates all kinds of inner battlefield effects. Um, it's a four mana. It's just a four mana planeswalker where you zero it. You have a two, two, uh, next turn you plus it. Now you're swinging for seven and that seems pretty good. And then plus whatever else you, whatever, whatever else, whatever other shenanigans you just did that turn. Now that you have uh, five mana and you know, that's preventing you, you know, if you haven't uh, cast a bunch of allies before this, which I imagine you have in a deck such as that, um, yeah. yeah, it just seems like a card that like unopposed wins the game and wins the game in like not that many turns. True. Yeah, like, I'd agree with th- that. 100%. Three turns. <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fantastic, and I like allies. I was I was hoping we'd get some good allies in Zendikar because I wanted to make like a stupid. <laughs> What's the card everyone's playing now? Three and a green. I can't even think of it now. Collected company. Yeah, with allies. Come on. Yeah. So. Really fun. Eh. Do you think uh, just off of what we've seen early on? Do you think that allies has a chance in modern? Not yet. No, because there there just has not been a, a really 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 strong cheap uh, ally creature spoiled yet. There's been one, and I think it's fine for like standard, but not for not for modern probably. But it might be as like a sideboard card. It's not bad. But I, I'm assuming this is under the assumption that there's going to be a lot more allies to be spoiled, and at you know one and two converted mana cost. But yeah, I mean I think this, the card's fantastic. It's one of the few I'm considering pre-ordering. Cool. What's it pre-ordering at? Like at twenty right? twenty-two bucks. That's not bad at all. No. Keep letting me know what cards you're considering pre-ordering. <laughs> by the way. Uh, so um, the next card is. Uh, an anomaly in this set. Uh, Felidar Cub. Uh, it's a 2-2 two, two for a white and one. Okay. Here, and it's a common. Here's your Glory Seeker. But your Glory Seeker has upside because its creature type is Cat Beast. Because Cat wasn't redundant enough. <laughs> it had to be a Cat Beast. So it's a Cat beast animal and sacrifice felidar cub cat beast animal destroy target enchantment uh so there have been some pretty good enchantments that we've seen uh in the set so far or at least some good utility enchantments uh like the um whatever the heck they're called the returns <laughs> or the retreats yeah the, the retreat cycle you know so so they're at least uh, something that could could be killed by the cub, um, but uh, but really, I mean, solid two drop in a format that seems completely lacking in them. Not bad at all. I like it a lot. Um, 
do you want to read Skitter Skin or haven't been giving you the short end of the stick on the cards you're reading? Should I read Skitter Skin too? I mean, if we want to read it, I would prefer you did. Fine, I will. Uh, Skitter Skin is a black and three. It's a four three. It's an uncommon. It's a creature, Eldrazi drone. It has Devoid. Skitter Skin can't block. So as you can see, this four three for four is the centerpiece of our aggro deck in this format. <laughs> and it has one and a black, regenerate skitter skin, activate this ability only if you control another colorless creature. So aggressive card, you know, can swing without fear of dying. Moving on. Um, do you want to read Coastal Discovery? Because this one's actually awesome. Sure. It's uh, three and a blue for a sorcery, and it says draw two cards. But... but that's not the actual casting cost, because you won't cast it for four probably ever. Oh, you might. If Maybe. if you just had to. But it has Awaken four for five and a blue. So that means for six mana, essentially, you get a four, four, and it draws two cards. And that is sweet. Or if you want to look at it this way... You have a four-mana spell that says draw two cards, but you also have a four-mana spell that says draw two cards and a two-mana four-four. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, when you break it down, like how much more you're paying for the four-four, it's like, why would you ever cast this for four? You know? Like, I don't think you're ever desperate enough. Maybe you're stuck on four lands and you need to hit lands five and six, which might be a reality in this format. Um, yeah, this is a worse mole drifter, which means it's awesome. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, mole drifter would have been better in this format even because it flies. But this is cool. This is a good card. Brood Butcher seems interesting. So Brood Butcher. Brood Butcher is... Uh, three three rare. It's a creature Eldrazi drone. It costs three black green. So it's a gold card, except it says devoid, so it has no color. Boo. This is a colorless creature that costs multiple colors of mana to cast. And when Brood Butcher enters the battlefield, put a one one colorless Eldrazi sign, etc. 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 All that text. And then um, it's one scion. So then, black-green, sacrifice a creature, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. So, uh, minus two, minus two until end of turn doesn't seem phenomenal when it's sitting next to a Breaker of Armies, but does seem pretty good when it's sitting next to a Lantern Scout on the spoiler page that we're looking at. Um, I like this. Do you like this? It's okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's okay. I don't know how good it is, because I don't know how many times you'd be able to activate that in a turn, you know? Um, we just don't really know what we're looking at here. It only makes one token, which I don't necessarily love. Uh, I think it'd be too good otherwise. Good point, good point. Um, so you obviously need to play this with other token generators. Uh, Although this one can just sacrifice itself, and, or another creature, or any creature. It doesn't have to be colorless or anything. That's true. There are no limits to the kind of creature that it can use to activate its ability. So I think it's it's good. It just depends, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know how good black-green is. But, I mean, it just seems like, you know, 
on its face, I would I would I think this is it's a really good card because you get four four power for five mana, and the ability in the option, which makes it better to, you know, just start shrinking things. I'm I'm staring at this as hard as I can, and I don't see its face. Well, the Drazi don't have human forms. They're they're beyond mortal comprehension. They are. They are definitely uh, beyond any sort of thing, anything that anyone could imagine, except for people who have eaten spaghetti. Mm-hmm. So, Lantern Scout. Uh, do you want to read the Lantern Scout, Mr. Ally? Sure. It's uh, two and a white for a creature human scout ally. That's just how it's falling. I'm not meaning to give you all the ally cards. I but, uh, I like allies. <laughs> I know you do. You do like them. So so it doesn't. It's working out nicely, but it's totally coincidence. Mm-hmm. It's a three two, and it has rally whenever lantern scout or another ally enters the battlefield under your control. Creatures, not just allies, creatures you control gain lifelink until end of turn. That's oh wow. So it's not just allies. Nope. Neat. So that'll hit hit your Eldrazi drones. That'll hit everything, huh? Whenever an ally or this card enters the battlefield. Right, right. That's This card seems like it could be a real pain to deal with. Um, unless you have a brood butcher. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just sacrifice a creature and kill it. But, uh, I mean, this at least seems like a great way for, like, the more aggressive deck to keep itself alive a lot longer. <laughs> oh, yeah. While it's being killed. Um I mean, this is great uh, in terms of its ability and just and just how big that can swing the game. Um, but unfortunate that it doesn't have an ability that could stack. So something like when it enters the bat, when it or another ally enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain plus one plus one in lifelink until end of turn. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be too you, good. Maybe, maybe not though. I mean, I don't know. I'm, 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 I have a fear that this isn't good enough. No, there's no way you can race this card. You don't think? Seems seems difficult. I mean, with all of these, like, 8-9s and 10-8s and giant things... Sure, you'll be casting this, like, seven turns before that, and they might be dead. Yeah, possibly. But it seems like one of those things where it's like, I'm going to gain a bunch of life, but then, like... Then you just stabilize and, and hit them for ten five times and they still die. You know, I don't know. Are, are you talking about limited or for constructed? I guess either one, for the sake of argument. But I mean, I I don't know. <laughs> mostly, mostly talking about limited. Oh yeah, for, well for limited, this is a probably mm, this is just great. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're playing the ally deck, this is one of the cards you definitely want. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just, I mean, even you know, if you have a bunch of really big creatures, then you get to swing and it kind of doesn't really matter what happens. Right. But it just, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've got the Eldrazi's and this, then it gets real fun. You know, I think it's, I think that we're just kind of arguing something that's too early to tell mm-hmm. because we don't know what the rest of the format looks like. Yeah, this is, I, I was thinking about like in a constructed ally deck and this would be just on the borderline of playable. Yeah, you think you, th- you don't think it? You don't think that this would be? I mean, I figure if you're playing an ally deck in in constructed, that this would be very, if not like, extremely playable. This would be like a two of a three two for three is not that great. Although, I mean, the enter the battlefield ability is quite good. Is huge and super swingy, and good. 
Okay, now here's one I like. Uh, Drowner of Hope. Uh, Drowner of Hope is uh, blue and five. It's a creature, Eldrazi. Um, it's a 5-5. Five, five. It's a rare. It has Devoid. When it enters the battlefield, you get two Eldrazi Scions. And then sacrifice an Eldrazi Scion tap target creature. So, I like this. Um, I do not. Really? Nah. I like the fact that, like, you know, you get the two Scions. You've got a 5-5. Five, five. You know, if they've got two blockers, you tap them both down, you get in for five mm-hmm. or more if they've if you've got other creatures that you've played previously. Um, it's, I mean, this is a great limited card, ab- absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're getting seven power and toughness for five, for six mana, yeah. and you have, you don't even have to pay to activate the ability. Um, right. And, but I just, I mean, obviously this isn't playable and constructed, no, agreed. And it's just conf- so we have three different rares. One says you have to sacrifice another colorless creature. One says sacrifice any creature, and then one says <laughs> sacrifice an Eldrazi Scion specifically. Yeah, that's just confusing. I don't know. It is. It, it is. seems it seems sloppy. Like you you With- you wouldn't have like eliminated or made like I don't feel like you would have unbalanced the format by just unifying the, the rules for these different creatures. Well, you never know. I mean, there might be certain, because this is a card in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is a card in green-black. Um, and then uh, the other one was a red card. Yeah, that's true. So there might be specific things for those particular colors or, you know, imagined archetypes that might require that. Or that, or that might require that limitation because taking the limitations away might be too good, Mm -hmm. you know? So maybe that's just, you know, where it's at. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll have to spend some more time with the spoiler and especially when it gets, you know, fully spoiled. But like if I was going to the pre-release right now and I opened one of those three cards, I would screw it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I guarantee you that like that'll be happening at the Grand Prix in Madison. Yeah. You know, (laughs) a lot. Um, (laughs) So good to like really like spend some time reading these cards before you go into that. Definitely read the card, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Deep Sea Scavenger. Do you want to read this one? Sure. It's a uh, blue and a black. It's in the creature Eldrazi drone. It's a one-one with Devoid and Death Touch, and ingest. It's got a lot going on. And it has an activated ability. <laughs> it's, uh, you pay three blue-black, draw a card. Each opponent exiles the top card of their library. That's, um, yeah, that's a lot of text for a 1-1. It is. It's, and I'm, not sure, I'm still not sure if it's playable. I think it is. I mean, you'd play a two-drop that just said, if this was blue-black, Eldrazi drone, 1-1, death touch... You'd play the crap out of that in this format. Oh, limited. Yeah, no question. Well, right. even then, it's gold. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I could it. cast it, it, I would not cut it from my deck. Um, for constructed, I'm not seeing this getting played. I don't know. Uh, there's actually uh, 
some people in the comments on Mythic Spoiler, which I tend to never read these comments. But, uh, oh, and that's actually a really good point. Here we go. So somebody wrote, uh, I'll read the name. Thurin Bjorn Schultz said, excellent creature for control, recurring card draw for late game, and good blocker for early game, which I was kind of like, nah, you know, whatever. But then the comment underneath of that by August Erickson says, works great with Ugin. And then you're like, oh, huh. Yeah, I guess it does, doesn't it? Because it's colorless. Yeah, that's true. So you can have this stick around through an Ugin activation, and then you can start drawing cards to get back into the game. And yeah, this actually might be really good. <laughs> it might be really good. Um, I think it's playable, but just on the border of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. I think for limited, it's it's borderline playable. I mean, for constructed, um, but limited, this is great. I take I get rid of all that other text. I'd play a one one death touch for a black and blue in this format. No questions asked. Okay, so uh, we've got a new wrath, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the things a lot of people are very sad. <laughs> people people are sad about magic cards because that's a thing um and artwork by vincent price i didn't even know that guy was still alive um planar outburst uh three i don't have my glasses on i don't know if i read that wrong three white white uh it's a sorcery destroy all non-land creatures so i love this first of all as a player who's scared to have his lands made into creatures (laughs) (laughs) if this is going to be the wrath I'm more than okay with it. Bring it on. So, good stuff. But then it also has Awaken 4. Awaken 4 uh, for 5 white, white, white. So, you can cast this for 8, uh, create a 4-4 four, four land creature, and destroy all non-land creatures at the same time. Um, it seems good. Uh, people were sad because it seems like we're not going to get four mana wraths anymore. Uh, I mean, Wizards explicitly said that. <laughs> They've already yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but this one is a wrath that's a little conditional in terms of the non land creatures. Um, but uh, still a great spell. And, you know, getting it, ca- you know, casting it for eight is amazing. Especially if you're the one with the Awakened deck and your opponent is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because then they probably just die. Uh, but that's 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 pretty good. Yeah, it's a new Wrath and it has more upside than End Hostilities did. Yeah, definitely. Especially in a control deck because you draw, I mean, they get to the late game and they still draw their Wraths and this just, worst case scenario, makes a 4-4. Four, four. Why don't you read this card? This is... this might be one of my favorite cards in the whole set so far uh desolation twin 10 mana creature eldrazi it's a 10 10 and when you cast desolation twin you put a 10 10 colorless eldrazi creature token onto the battlefield so that answers the question that we had uh earlier was is it cast or enters the battlefield it is cast Mm. but that's crazy so it's an uncounterable 10-10 ten, ten for 10, at, at the and, least. And, yeah, and if they're not playing counter spells, they're very sad. 
because it's 20 power and 20 toughness mm-hmm. for 10 mana. Although, I mean, once you get to 10 mana, it could just be infinite. But maybe not, though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, remember our maybe do, not. do you remember Armada Worm? No. Yeah, no one played it. It was a 6 mana 6-6 six, six with Trample that put another 6-6 six, six, uh, Trample token onto the battlefield. Or was it 5-5? Five, five? But five, that was five. when it entered the battlefield. That's not when you cast it. True. Sorry, it was a 5-5 five, five green. That wasn't at minimum you get an uncounterable 5-5. Five, five. That was... Yeah, if you if this resolves, you get ten power. Yeah, but for ten mana, I mean, I don't know. But that's this is the format, man. Get get hyped. <laughs> no, no, I will not get hyped, and I don't have to get hyped. Get hyped. We're casting stuff for ten. Um, Why? Why are we casting things for ten? Because that's the format. <laughs> you don't bro. have to. They can print a whole bunch of cards, and if they're not playable, you don't have to cast them. You don't have to. You're right. You could cast a one drop for one green mana. Why don't you read it? Sure. It's a Scythe Leopard. It's a 1 1 for green. It's a creature cat and it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, Scythe Leopard gets plus one plus one until end of turn. Beautiful. Interesting. I think it's great. I think it's moderately playable in an aggressive deck. What is the card that what is the card that this compares to? Uh, step links, but way worse. Step <laughs> way, way worse. It is way worse, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's a shame. Step links was so good. Yeah, step links was very good. I mean step links is like in some circumstances modern playable, so this you don't it doesn't have to be as good as that. Right. But I was hoping for some really good landfall aggro cards. Well, I mean, this is what we got. So, you know, it might be good. It might, it's not Step Links, but again, this isn't Rise of the Eldrazi. So maybe it, or this isn't Zendikar, so maybe True. it doesn't have to be Step Links. Maybe it can just be Sky Leopard and be fine. Oh, just reprint, reprint Goblin Guide. Yeah, well, hopefully it's coming. We haven't seen everything oh, yet. Oh, man. We don't know. Okay, sorry, Fingers sorry, crossed. sorry. Fingers crossed, and I'm the one whose deck's going to lose value. I don't even care. Bring him back. We want him. We want him so bad. Yeah, I think the card's okay. I don't see it in a deck currently, but who knows? Yeah, true. Uh, I'll read Stasis Snare, and then you can read the awesome card. Sure. Um, Stasis Snare. Uh, white, white, and one. It's an enchantment. It's an uncommon. It has Flash. When Stasis Snare enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until Stasis Snare leaves the battlefield. So, pretty cool. It's a Flash Banishing Priest that's an enchantment. Or, it's a Flash Oblivion Ring that only targets creatures uh, and opponent controls. It's a Flash Journey to Nowhere for one extra mana. Bam. There it is. That's the card. Thank you. Uh, not much to say about it. Amazing card. And at Uncommon. Uh, really, 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 really good. Uh, you're going to play every single one. Probably pack one, pick one in a lot of situations. Because I can't imagine many cards that you would definitely want over this. Although, you know, pack one, pick one might just be big things in this set. You know? 
big colorless things and then figure out your colors as you go. Mm-hmm. So, so I wouldn't necessarily say that, but who knows? Um, read Bring the Light. This, this is, this is. I don't know if this is, if I'm reading this correctly, this might be one of my favorite cards in the set. Sure, it's uh, three blue green. It's a sorcery. And it has converge. Search your library for a creature, instant, or sorcery card with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of colors of mana spent to cast or bring to light. Exile that card. Then shuffle your library. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. So tutor plus cast it, essentially. This artwork for this Converge card really looks like what it would look like when Forever comes crashing. I like this card a lot. Uh, so, a couple judge questions that I probably shouldn't be asking you because you're not a freaking judge. No, I'm good. I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm the authority. All right, cool. So, let's say you spent four colors of mana to cast this. Mm-hmm. You search up a four drop. Mm-hmm. You exile that card, then shuffle your library. Do you have to then cast that card without paying its mana cost at that moment as the spell is resolving? Or is it something like, you have it, it's there, you can cast it whenever? Oh, you know what? I have no idea. Because that's what I really... That's where my uh, love of this card uh, comes to a crossroads. <laughs> is, uh, is where that... Uh, when you get to cast that card. It doesn't say until end of turn. Normally, like for the red draw spells, you know... Um, like Abbot of Carol Keep, it'll exile the card, and then you can cast it until end of turn. Right. I think you can just cast this whenever. It seems that way. Seems awesome. Yeah, it does. Like, it seems really awesome. Like, obviously, if you, you know, grab a sorcery, you're probably only going to be able to cast it when you can cast a sorcery. But you've got it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't even know if that's true. No, you would have to. You would have to. If it's not find that card, put it on the stack. Then it's definitely you have to. Um, you have to cast it when you would be allowed to cast that spell. Yeah. That part I know. That I know. But I don't know if you're going to be able to cast it whenever or just right away. Uh, it gets very good if it's whenever or maybe maybe you're only able to cast it as the spell resolves yeah that's that's what i'm and that's where i'm like where i'm curious where i'm you know questioning this so i guess we'll have to hopefully somebody will message us on twitter or facebook and let us know because we'd love to know Mm -hmm. how in the hell bring the light works because i want to love it you know what uh I, you know, I, I try not to read the comments to anything, but now that you actually brought that up, uh, someone in the comments mentioned Living End, which is pretty cool. It's like, so all the suspend cards. Oh, my God. Because they're all, you know. Wow. That's great. Because oh <laughs> they have zero mana cost, yeah. Yeah. Now, could you search up Boom Bust with this? Um, for two, and then uh, you know, for two, and then cast the six. 
Oh, that I don't know. Call, yeah, we need to call a judge on this car. I know you can actually you can um, cascade in a boom bust. Yes, that's true. So you that's and that's yeah. So okay, we will come back with the answers to this next week. Or Josh, Josh McCurley, if you're listening to the show, please, please help us. Let us know what's going on. So anyway, um, help me, Josh McCurley. You're my only hope. Um, so our questions Next. are, yeah, is it? Do you have to cast the spell as this is resolving? And what about split cards? Yes. What's up with split cards? Oh, that would be sweet. Food, huh? Bust, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a crazy card. Um, Lumbering Falls. This is fantastic. So we've got our confirmation of. Enemy colored man lands. Um, Lumbering Falls enters the battlefield tapped. It's obviously a rare. Tap to add green or blue to your mana pool if Lumbering Falls wasn't hint enough of the colors of the car or the colors it produced. Uh, two blue green. Lumbering Falls becomes a 3 3 green and blue elemental creature. With hexproof until end of turn, it's still a land. So, um, yeah, love it. Do you love it? I've, I've been waiting for the enemy man lands. Yeah, not not for the green blue one in particular, but I'm excited for the rest of the cycle. For the red white, yo. Yeah. Get it. Red awesome. white. Do you think this is gonna have double strike or something? It'll cost red white hybrid to activate. No. And it'll be a three three. No. <laughs> just wishful thinking, man. Just 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 thinking. Who knows? Alright, let's get these last four. Yeah, let's do the last couple. Read Conduit of Ruin. Sure. It's a uh, six mana creature Eldrazi. It's a five five. And when you cast Conduit of Ruin, you may search your library for a colorless creature card with converted mana cost seven or higher. If you do or higher, shuffle your library, then put that card on top. The first creature spell you cast each turn costs two less. I didn't even notice that, Barthy, when I first read At this. The end, yeah. The super relevant yeah. part. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got like a worldly tutor attached to a five-five body. Unless you cast your expensive spells earlier. And yeah, and it's also like a pseudo ramp card. Uh, this is an awesome card. <laughs> this is so good. It's not bad. I love it. I love it. I I don't know. I don't want any part of like any of this stuff in standard, but you know what, guys, knock yourselves out. Well, you don't you don't know what the standard format's gonna look. I like. I do. So. Okay. It's gonna All it's right. gonna have siege rhinos in it. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> and you can finally cast them for three, like they were originally meant to. With this. Oh story. God. <laughs> uh, I do want to I do want to mention one thing. Yeah. Um, okay. So far with all these Eldrazi creatures, all the triggers like. All the like, I don't know, like a good chunk of the value for a lot of these cards is when you cast them. Yeah. So I was I was looking at like a lot of people just ran out and just bought out uh, See the Unwritten, 
when they're like, oh, Eldrazi's will cheat Eldrazi's into play. Uh, I don't think it really works with them that well. Not really. No. Like, I'm not too thrilled to just get like an 8 8, like a big dumb 8 8, and cheat that into play. Like, so far, and, you know, we still have a lot left to be spoiled on, but so far, the thing I want to get with See the Unwritten is. Um, Dragonlord. Yeah, like that's the best card. <laughs> yeah, he's still, it's still just Dragonlord Atarka. There's nothing better. Yeah, there hasn't been anything spoiled that would justify the increase in price. Right. Because yeah, there's all. nothing I want cheating to play more than Dragonlord Atarka right now. Right. But we'll see. Agreed. Agreed. I, that, I would like to see, uh, you know, because people like to complain about buyouts and all that other stuff. But other people that bought out See the Unwritten might get their... Uh, might get their comeuppance. It's true. There you go. Yeah. A little, a little, a little karma. Mm. I mean, I, there's nothing. I don't think there's anything karmically wrong with buying up a card. And that's that's only because I myself do it all the time. True. <laughs> so right, I, right, right, right. Not right. gonna sit here and be a hypocrite, but I like it. I like to see like balance, you know, where it just doesn't work every single time. Three more cards. All right, and then we're home free. We can get. We can do it. I believe in us. Uh, I'll read the Undergrowth Champion, and then uh, we'll each get to read a Planeswalker, and then we'll be done. Undergrowth Champion is two green and one. Creature Elemental, it's a 2-2. What an awesome mythic rare. Mm. (laughs) So if damage would be dealt to Undergrowth Champion while it has a plus one, plus one counter on it, prevent that damage and remove a plus one, plus one counter from Undergrowth Champion. Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on Undergrowth Champion. First comment I have about this card. Don't you think those two text boxes, or those two texts, should be flip-flopped on this card? Yeah, I... I... Why why does it tell you all this stuff about plus one, plus one counters before you understand where the hell they're coming from? And isn't Landfall usually at the top? Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, this is kind of confusing. What the hell is going on with the the layout of this card? Um, Another thing... I've noticed, and I don't know if this has been the case, but there's a lot of like just birds in the backgrounds of all the images of uh, in Zendikar. It's for scale. I know, but there's a ton of scaled birds in this set. There's no scaled birds in the set. There's, but there's a lot of birds in the artwork uh, that are in the artwork to show scale. All right, whatever. There's birds in Undergrowth Champion. Lumbering Falls, um, actually not that, okay, uh, yeah, the, the Wrath, there's a lot, there's just a lot, if you just keep your eyes Listen, out. the artists for this set watched a lot of Portlandia, okay, mm-hmm. so they know the benefits of putting a bird on. There's an entire flock of seagulls in Ulamog, Ceaseless Hunger. <laughs> Is his hair as fantastic, though? You know, Ulamog actually seems to have a face, so maybe he has hair. But I know I think he's bald. Yeah, he's totally letting the flock of seagulls down. <laughs> Arid Mesa. It's the best episode ever. Sunken Hall. <laughs> Man, look, I feel like one fourth of the cars in the set have birds in the background. That's all. No doubt. No doubt. I expect a lot of Avens in this set. That's all. Maybe. Maybe Ulamog thinks he's a number one stunner. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay. Anyway. What do you think of Undergrowth Champion? I hate it. 
it's really dumb. Um, I think if there's a hardened scales aggro deck in standard, this is in there. Okay, yeah, agreed. Because you've got this guy. Um, if Scythe Leopard could get plus one, plus one counters, I mean, that'd probably be too good. But you'd have yeah. that. And then you've got the, oh, God, what is that card? The Avatar, the green, green for the 3-2 with Trample. Yes. Avatar of the Resolution. Yeah. So like you, you've got, like, the beginnings of something there. So I think there could be, like, a mono green, plus one, plus one counters, hardened scale aggro deck. Hmm. And this would go in there. Planeswalkers, yes. we got two. Which one you want? Uh, oh boy, they're both pretty mediocre. I'll take Obnixilis, though. Really? You think they're mediocre? Yeah, I do. I disagree, but go ahead. Read Obnixilis. Sure, he's three black black for a five loyalty planeswalker Nixilis. Uh, plus one, you draw a card and you lose one life. Minus three, destroy target creature. And minus eight, target opponent gets an emblem with whenever a player draws a card, you lose two life. Okay. All right. So why don't you like that card? Uh, the plus one is not amazing. It's not the best, no. I mean, for a five mana Planeswalker, you'd expect to be able to plus to draw a card or something around that. Um, I just remembered the... Oh, gosh. I can't remember the creature from Magic Oregon Origins, the black creature, the 6-6. Six, six. Magic Oregons. Oregons. Or, or, origin. You know, Oregon. The, the state. The, Magic Oregon. The state-based effect. No. Um, That's my favorite city. It's right next to Portlandia. Origins. Um, whatever. There's a six-mana, like, 6-6 six, six flyer. But, like, whenever another permanent left the battlefield under your opponent's control, you lost a life drew a card. Yeah, Koth. Koth. yeah. And that was, like, a downside. Like... It was like 50% of the time where I'm like, uh, I don't want to draw this card and lose life. Yeah, but it's not it's not one of those things where like it's going like, to keep happening outside of your control. You can control when it happens. True. So what? let me just say, what I like about this card is that like, okay, you play it for five, you plus one. That's not great, right? Mm-hmm. So then, but then worst case scenario, you minus three the next two turns. We're assuming you have some sort of board state. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you minus three the next two turns, and you get to destroy two creatures. Now, the other thing I can see this doing is this comes down against a board that has one creature on it. And you blow it up. And then you've got a Planeswalker sitting on the battlefield where you can just start every turn. You can start ticking it up, ticking it up, ticking it up. And then you can minus three where you need to. You're never going to activate the ultimate because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I think that, like, you know, just the utility of five mana destroy a creature and then you're able to just start drawing yourself back into the game. I think it's a great, like, stabilizing kind of card. Uh, it's not a board wipe. It's a, it's a good card in a control deck. This is exactly yeah. what a control deck would want. Yeah. No, no exactly. And, and I think this card's great. Um... But, you know, I mean, we're greedy. We want it to cost less. We want it to do more. Do you like this or Sarkin? Which Sarkin? There's been so many damn Sarkins. Oh, the one that's in standard now. Oh, God, there's two in standard right now. (laughs) There are two in standard right now? Oh, my God, there are, aren't there? Yeah, isn't there like a... uh, I don't like either Sarkin more than this. Sarkin the Dragon Speaker. I don't like it more than this. I like this. I mean, it almost... Minus is three to kill a creature. Deals four damage. 
I like this better because that doesn't kill Siege Rhino. Uh, it does not. This does, without question. It just goes, hey, Siege Rhino, nice knowing you. Bye-bye. Yeah. I think I just like attacking more. Sure. <laughs> I like the Sarkin oh, that sure. just like immediately hits him for four in the air. Yeah, I get that for sure. It's red. It's up your alley. Um, I think this is great. I think this card is r- like really good. Um, anyway, Destroying a creature uh, as an ability is good. Oh, it's great. It's great. And then just, you know, if it sticks around, then you start drawing cards. Awesome. I love it. Actually, no, I don't like it. Okay, fine. Because, like, remember Liliana of the Dark Realms, the one that never got, like, any play whatsoever? Yeah, but it sucked. Yeah, it would minus three to, and it had upside a little bit um, to give, you know, a creature plus X, plus X, or minus X, minus X, like, where, where you had, like, the equal to the number of swamps you control. Right, but that's still... So, I mean, it's like, conditional. It cost? It cost four? four. So you play it, and it still doesn't kill a Siege Rhino. Yeah, but where five, the, mana, five mana kill a Siege Rhino it does not impress me. It's five mana kill a Siege Rhino, and this thing sticks around to either have to be attacked or to start drawing you cards is good. It's okay. I don't know if I want to pay five mana for it, to be honest. I don't want to play standard. So I know that I don't want to play five mana for it in standard. But I think that I love this card in limited. And oh my god, any planeswalker in limited—that's that's like that's, that's, that's well, shut up. But, but but listen to me though. Like I'm just saying, I don't want to play standard. If I did want to play standard, I would want to play this card. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Let's get let's get clear on All that. Right. So anyway, move on. Let's get to this last card so we can wrap up. Sure. So you can go to sleep. Hey. I got to I got to work in the morning too, just not as early as you. Um, Kiora, Master of the Depths. Oh, it's not Master of the Universe. Whatever. Uh, it is two green blue. It is a planeswalker. Name of Kiora. It is a mythic rare. It has four loyalty. Plus one. Untap up to one target creature and up to one target land. So that's a sweet plus one. Minus two. Reveal the top four cards of your library. You may put a creature card and or a land card from among them into your hand. Put the rest in your graveyard. And then minus eight. And this might be the most insane ultimate I've ever read from a Planeswalker. Not because of sheer power level, but just because of just the absolute insanity of what this does. So (laughs) minus eight. You get an emblem with, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may have it fight target creature. Right? Mm-hmm. So, that's that would be interesting. Okay, so, <laughs> it has more text. Then, put three eight eight blue octopus creature tokens onto the battlefield. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's cute. <laughs> that makes me want to swear on the podcast. What is that? And that's amazing. So you get you get the emblem, and then you get three eight-eights that are like, yeah, we're going to fight you, see? Like, <laughs> they all come down, and they fight things. Uh, that's hilarious. It's, just... it's sad they put this in a set where, like, eight-eights might not win a fight. <laughs> That's true. It's very true. 
Um, permission to give my opinion on this card? Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> oh, really? Garbage. garbage. Yeah. I mean, Why? the minus two is really good. The plus one is I fine, I think it's horrible. Too. I think the plus one is just not even worth consideration. I mean, we don't know where this, what this deck is, right? It, we don't know that. But I, I guess it helps you. Oh, you untap a mana dork, untap a land. Now you're ramping. Or you untap a creature and untap an awoken land, and you have two things to block for Kiora. Yeah, but I don't even think her. I don't think her ultimate's worth it at all. Are you kidding? That ultimate's amazing. <laughs> it doesn't like. First, it takes forever to get to. Like the reason the original Kiora. Like I just don't understand why this Kiora needs to exist. It's so similar. Like it feels very similar to the original one because it has the exact same casting cost. Um, except it doesn't get to the ultimate nearly as fast. I don't think the ultimate is as good. Um, and no, you might be right. I just love the ultimate. <laughs> it puts three giant octopuses out. The, the, the ultimate is hilarious in the mecha- mechanics of it, so I, I'm yeah. okay with that. And the art's, like, fantastic. Yeah. What's not to love about this <laughs> just card? Just the actual card itself. <laughs> I mean, like, this is the closest that magic the gathering is ever going to get to tentacle porn oh lord um (laughs) this is like empowering tentacle porn though she's taking control no doubt no of course of course she masters the tentacle the tentacle does not master her of course it's empowering yeah all right so uh we're caught up on the spoiler Mm -hmm. as of uh monday september 7th uh now Tuesday, September 8th. No new cards have been added. I checked. <laughs> um, so we're caught up on the spoiler. So next week, we're going to talk about the modern event um, that we're playing in, Grand Prix Oklahoma City. Uh, if you're going to be there, come say hi. I'll be probably wearing a legit MTG shirt. And if I can convince Steven to wear one, he'll be wearing one too. Next week we'll be talking about modern for the bulk of the episode because that's going to be relevant. Um, but we're also going to be preparing for the uh, World Magic Cup qualifier. So we'll probably touch on a little bit of standard as well. Kind of talk about the decks that we're going to be playing for that. And uh, get an idea of uh, what to expect there because I have no idea what's going on in standard except for... Everyone's playing Abzan Rally or Red Green Devotion. Uh, and then after all that, if we have time, we'll talk about some spoilers, right? Uh, but then you figure the following week uh, leading into the pre-release will be our the rest of our spoiler talk and our World Magic Cup Qualifier Tournament Report. Yeah, by Monday of next week, we should almost have the full spoiler. We'll have the full spoiler by the 18th. Right, and we'll definitely have it by the time we're going to actually record and talk about the full spoiler. It'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. This was a really fun episode to record. I had a lot of fun today. So join us next week for all that, and until then, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop itch and start a brewing. QR sucks. Obnixla sucks. Gideon rules. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows Gotta go on a press run 
yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, that album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on the press run. Yo, the rhyme raise more eyes once I ride through the doors. Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Brainlink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.